0: All right, welcome back to Incorrectly Political. Uh, Today I'm joined by two guests, um, Peter and Cooper. Today we're gonna be talking about high school versus college learning. So we brought Peter on today. He's actually a college student at Villanova. And then we also have Cooper, who is just like me, a high school student. Um, So we're gonna be talking about, you know, how you learn in high school versus college. We're gonna be learning about how tests are different in college. And then finally, we're gonna be discussing homework in high school versus college. So to right off the bat, um, let's just get straight into it. Let's let's talk about, you know, learning. Lectures, like the college type of lectures versus, you know, high school where it's kind of like a daily lesson. So Peter, do you just wanna quickly just talk about how learning is done in colleges really quick?
1: Yeah, so I think I think there's two types of classes in college. You have your general introductory especially in science classes and then you have more specific niche elective classes and i think um at least in my opinion part of the reason why i learned so much in college is because even in the lecture classes there still is an element of engagement Um, i think a lot of times in high school they they talk about how the class they they talk a lot about how classroom size is important to a student's development And I think that's true, but I think high school um, grossly misuses their advantage of having low class numbers. They kind of treat it like a college lecture where the teacher essentially dictates information to you and students are supposed to just take down notes and memorize it. And while I think that's important in terms of getting a baseline um, level of information and knowledge, it, it really fails to stay with the student because they don't apply it and they don't really think about it. And even for science classes in college, we would at least once a week have um, smaller breakout groups where we would really engage and work with the topic so that we could reinforce what we learn. And I think for a lot of my um, humanities classes, there was no lectures at all, really. It was, um, and this will kind of come back to the homework, it was do the reading on your own time um write some papers about write some notes and papers about your thoughts but then we're going to come back to the classroom and we're not going to lecture you because the reality is you know you guys are smart individuals who have an opinion about the literature so we're just going to talk for an entire hour about what you thought was important what you took away and how you how this really impacted you and i think i learned a lot from that because not only did it reinf- did it i guess go against the idea of reinforcing only one point of view on literature or information but it really allowed me to see a variety of exp- of opinions and like the idea of diversity really comes into play here because the diverse experiences are kind of reflected in how you view a s- certain literature topic or a certain literature piece or even just any sort of uh, information even in science we uh You know, we worked through problems and we all had different ways of working through it instead of just, okay, so you're going to foil first, outside, inside, last, Um, you know, that doesn't always work for every student. So if you're going to talk about having smaller classroom sizes, then I think you really need to take advantage of the fact that, you know, you should break out into smaller groups and discuss and have students teach other students instead of just lecturing one uniform way to approach a problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The point where I'd have to disagree really quick is I don't think that like, you know, sometimes using these lectures and high engage groups always works in high school because a select few students are just going to choose not to participate. Whereas in college, you know, you're paying for college. And so you're not always or if you're paying for college, then then everybody's going to be active and listening where you don't always have that in high school. Um, Cooper, do you have anything uh, to add What to what Peter was saying?
2: yeah i mean i think you both made really good points i especially um can see benji's point about how the like the makeup of classrooms in high school does play a very significant role in the teachers and other students abilities to make the class engaging and really um like have significant learning happen in a class period um because for instance like you could have students that are distracting um other students or you could have you know a period where the teacher does allow for group work but um in every group there's only one or two students who are actually dedicating time and effort into the work Um, and one thing that comes to mind when you talk about the difference between sort of like engaging and more um just sort of like spitting information at students is um my freshman english class versus my sophomore History class Um, and my freshman English class, it was, you know, it was humanities class, obviously, and I was kind of going into it expecting that it would just be a lot of like literature and um, just sort of like, again, the the whole idea of like spitting information at us. But um, our teacher really did a very good job at making it engaging and um, much less about like memorizing stuff and more about understanding it and i think that was in part due to the teacher's ability to do that and also um we kind of had a really good class so it was it it was sort of like a stroke of luck but it'd be nice if more high school classes were like that because my sophomore history class was the polar opposite it was just every day was the same you know 45 minutes of lecture we took notes and then uh, like every week you had a test so it became really redundant and hard to um hard to want to go to that class
0: yeah that's a really interesting point
1: i i just kind of want to fire back at your point about people being lazy and you know in high school that's a problem but in college it's not that's actually i actually disagree with that i think even still in college you'll get a lot of lazy teammates who don't necessarily want to put in the same amount of work or any work and you know i think that's that's actually a good thing um especially if you really like if you really are bought into your education because the reality is you know lots of times in life and in the in the real world You're gonna get stuck with um, teammates who do want to slack off and who don't want to put in their part. And what it teaches you is how to get around it. You know, it means yeah, you're gonna have to stay up till 1 a.m. sometimes doing someone else's part. But I mean, that's part of life, and that's that's really like it. It's it. In my opinion, it prepares you more for the world instead of you know like like uh, going back to the idea of just lecturing. You know, I think high school is a lot of it's a lot of babysitting in the sense that, oh, the teachers will check to make sure you show up and make sure that you get your homework in on time. And while there's definitely benefits because it provides a sense of structure, I think it also ultimately can set some kids up to fail because there's a lack of responsibility. And then, you know, two months later, you're on your own. You're living on your own with, you know, other 18 year old kids. And, you know, you can make a decision to go out and party or you can make a decision to study and for those who their structure comes externally where they're told what to do when they're finally not told what to do they just do what they want so i think i think having that sense of responsibility and you know if somebody else doesn't want if somebody else does something that you would like to do like slack off well that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you long term so so i actually think that it's a good thing not necessarily that somebody slacks off but it prepares you for the real world. Hmm. So
0: that's a really good point. So tying this back to like kind of our, you know, high school versus college learning, you would, would how how would you guys like kind of organize the two different groups of high school versus college saying that, you know, college it it's really like kind of like a, a more much better real world preparation because you have much more like free will in the aspect of how you want to structure your studying and learning, whereas high school, you're ba- your babied kind of. And of course, Peter would take the route that, you know, this free structure is much better at preparing you for the real world because if you don't structure your time well, you'll crash and burn. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, think, I, I don't know if you'd crash and burn, but I think it's a much tougher transition. Mm. It's a very tough transition to go from a lot of structure to no structure. So. You know, and I think, I think schools try to do that, you know, at least for my school, we got more, we had less classes and more open time, but we got more work and I think that helps, but yeah, ultimately I think, I think, uh, and I, I see the problems of just letting, you know, 17, 16 year old kids do what they want, but you know, ultimately at some point they're going to have to make that transition. So I think high schools. uh would be a better time than just college, because at least you still have some structure from home.
2: I think one problem high schools may face in creating a more um, unstructured and uh, environment where students, they are more of the responsibility is that high schools have to, especially public ones, they are burdened to meet, you know, certain educational requirements and minimum standards. All right. All um... right.
0: Uh, I think we kind of touched on, you know, especially, like, the homework aspect because that's kind of, like, the main, you know, organizing your time for structuring and learning. Um, do you have anything, either of you, to add on to, like, how that impacts you when it comes to tests, really? Because, obviously, the homework leads into the test, but, you know, performing the tests themselves, at least, you know, at Horror High School, we have the retake options. And I'm just wondering uh, your opinion, uh, to start, Pe- uh, Peter, what you think about having retakeable tests in high school and whether, you know, we should not do that so that we can prepare better for the real world, or not.
1: Um. Well, I think I think if you're gonna make uh, people able to retake tests as much as they want, it just kind of defeats the purpose of having a test in the first place. You know, like yeah. the um, idea of a test is to check on whether you know it at a given time frame, and you know if you're just gonna allow people to continue to retake it, then I think that leads to more people just memorizing stuff for the sake of the test, as opposed to actually learning it. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I I wouldn't be for just infinitely retaking tests at that point. I would say, you know, abolish, abolish tests and let, I guess, homework and other stuff be graded. But I also don't think that's a great idea because that's a very controlled setting, and I think you know part of part of school or I don't say part of school, but part of life is dealing with, you know pressure and um, having to I guess, perform on the spot. so I think I think there still is some value in just taking tests. and I think that's also where grade inflation has come in, and it's made getting into college much tougher because. Now schools don't have a great way to distinguish you from the next person. So I think it's really just a lose-lose for schools and students.
0: Yeah, I think I think especially on the pressure point, that's, that's a really good point because I think being able to deal with pressure and perform under pressure is really a critical role in the real world and when you have jobs. And I think tests provide a way to train for that. But if we abolish tests and we don't let people at least the way I would look at it is, you know, fail one or two tests and they have to learn how to do it themselves. I think that's a really crucial aspect sometimes um, in life for these students that are growing and developing and so that they can be ready to actually, you know, know how to structure their time and put in the work and perform on the spot when it really does matter and not just, you know, getting an F on a test in high school compared to a serious uh, job problem. Uh, Do you have anything to add, Cooper?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, one thing about tests is that no matter how you administrate them like. Every it's it's sort of inevitable that people are going to. Learn stuff just for the test and I mean I think that's pretty clear with like AP tests, for example, like you don't you, you can't retake AP tests, but you know. After May, I would say probably 30% of most students knowledge is about those subjects is probably gone or significantly diminished and. and that's why I think restructuring tests as a whole to make them more occasionally rewarding and not just like to boost your grade or to hurt it, I guess, if you if you didn't do well, but to make them more like hands on and not not just sitting there filling out a bubble sheet for an hour and a half, I think would benefit both students and teachers.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, and, um... and kind of just building off that point, I think, like in terms of my school or my college a lot of our or some of our tests were structured in a way where you know they would actually give you all the information you need but they make you think about how to apply that information and you know with the internet becoming such a big thing especially for the next generation and always having access to it i think you know the idea of memorization is going to become more and more uh just it's not needed But knowing how to, you know, read a piece, read an internet blog, synthesize it, and then formulate an opinion on it is something that's, you know, going to lead us. People who can do that are going to lead us into, you know, the next generation of technology and job markets and everything like that. So I think one way to fix the idea of people just forgetting tests is to restructure how they are. You know, you might not necessarily have to memorize everything, but you will have to learn it and understand it so that if you were to read it again, um, because let's face it, if you memorize something, you're going to forget it in the next 30 days. But if you were to read it again, you could be like, Oh yeah, I remember learning about this and these were my thoughts and this is why. And I think that is something that stays longer than just, saying oh you know a human is belongs to the homo or is a homo, homo sapien and they belong to x family in x phylum or whatever
0: yeah does anybody else have anything to add
1: yeah i just
2: wanted to build on that point about um like synthesis and analysis versus just memorization i think that really needs to be emphasized because like like P- Peter said, today you can find essentially everything on the internet, like every piece, any piece of information you want to know, you could probably find somewhere. Um, so it, like like he said, the focus needs to be less on whether, whether you know it or can find it within your brain, but more on whether you know how to use it or not. And I think a good example of this is like learning how to program for it, because a lot of people will start off like, going down a YouTube rabbit hole or reading like buying courses and you know watching all these videos and watching people like watching people do it and that's actually you know that's the mistake I made as a beginner I I just watched and watched and watched I never actually did so I think and and when I really started to understand it is when I actually like did my first project so I think applying that same logic to education and tests in school would would benefit again like I said students and teachers.
0: All right. Well, this was a really good conversation. You know, I think it was really good having the two points of view, you know, the takeaway of having to learn how to structure your time is really crucial. And I think Peter had the idea that that should be really learned in high school as well as the fact that learning how to not just uh, memorizing data really isn't as important these days. And I think, you know, as someone as a high schooler, I feel like we have to do that all the time. And, you know, when you take the next big step into college, I think, Learning how to apply that is really where you can learn to get ready for the real world, I guess. Um, Thank you for everybody tuning in today. We really appreciate it, and we'll be back next time.